The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Thanks to these airbags here, this job is now a piece of cake, Larry. But then... Yeah, I'll tell you something, partner. I just might stick around a few more years. But then... No more dashboard du jour or Vince under glass, huh? But Vince... Look out! Even with airbags, Vince, you still gotta remember to buckle your safety belt. Now you tell me. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. It only takes a careless moment to turn this into this. Don't let forest fires be your fault. Make sure your fire is dead out. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. I'm not sure what is so cool about a bunch of dancing penguins, but maybe it worked, I guess. <laughs> Public service announcements, as we've seen some of the classics up here, and, and they still continue today. But here's, here's a definition of a PSA. Public service announcement is a message spread in the interest of the public. The objectives of PSAs are to raise awareness and change public attitudes, opinions, or even behavior. These messages can be instructional, inspirational, or even shocking to elicit emotion and action. <laughs> so as we're looking at, at the servanthood of Jesus, if you've got a, 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 a service type of organization, oftentimes you will put out some type of, of announcement. It may be on TV, it may be in the paper, it may be on the internet, but you put out some type of announcement because of the service that you provide. <laughs> now, we've already talked about the fact that Jesus is the perfect example of a servant. And I think one of the, the verses, and this is a verse we're going to be looking at throughout this series, that really drives this home is Mark chapter 10, verse 45, where it says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus Himself, if anybody was to be served, it would be Jesus, right? The very Son of God. But yet, He came to this earth for the very purpose of serving others, of serving us. Even to the point of death on the cross. He is the ultimate example of what it means to be a servant. Another thing, when, when an organization or an individual puts out a public service announcement, 
you got to know they've got to have some level of credibility, right? I mean, they've got to, they've either know something about the subject or they've been involved in that or something. They've got to have some level of credibility. So what is the credibility that we have with Jesus? Well, I believe there's a lot of places we could look, but one specific place that I think really drives it home is in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. You want to know the way? You, you lose your direction. You get thrown off course or whatever. <laughs> Jesus is the way. You want to know the truth? Are you trying to seek out what the truth is? What the facts of the matter may be? <laughs> Jesus is the truth. Do you ever feel like that even though you're, you're walking around and you're breathing and your heart is beating, you just feel dead inside? Yeah. Listen, Jesus is the life. <laughs> he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. The only way to God is through Jesus, His very own Son, His one and only Son. Now, I don't know about you, but if this is true, and I believe very much that it is, this gives Jesus credibility to make a few public service announcements, wouldn't you say? If He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him, then I want to hear what He has to say. So we're going to look at a few things here that I believe are, are public service announcements of Jesus. I know that seems like an odd title for a sermon, but you know, guys, I'm, I'm an odd preacher, so I come up with these weird things like this. <laughs> Was that you that chuckled at that, Chris? Oh. <laughs> All right, and the first one is probably the most popular verse in the Bible. People that, that don't know any other verse know this verse. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. <laughs> I mean, this is a message that the world needs to hear. If, Jews, if Jesus truly is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father is through Him, then this is a message that needs to get out. For God so loved the world, He has this love for us that He sent His one and only Son. He loves us beyond reason. Okay? Who do you love enough to sacrifice your child for? That's love beyond reason, right? God loves us so much that He sacrificed His own Son for us that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's that belief that we have in Him. And we've talked about this before. Believe is not just an intellectual agreement. It's not just, yeah, I believe Jesus is God's Son, and I believe all that stuff, and then you just kind of go about your day. Belief is, is a trust. It's putting your trust in Him so much so that it changes your actions. It changes the way you look at life. <laughs> Even when things don't make sense, it's like, you put your trust in Jesus because you trust Him. Because of who He is and what He's done. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, 
but have eternal life. The second public service announcement that I believe that Jesus makes is found in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And it says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. We've talked about this word repent before. It's not a word we use a lot outside of the church. But it really just means a 180 degree turnaround. It is a change of mind that results in a change of direction. So if I am walking toward the drums, and don't read too much into this because I love the drums, but if I'm walking toward the drums and I repent of the drums, I turn my back on it and I walk toward the keyboard. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Your sin, the world, your old way of life, whatever it is that keeps you from focusing on Jesus, turn your back on it. Repent of that. And walk toward Jesus. Why? Because the kingdom of God is near. Notice Jesus didn't say, eventually you may want to repent because somewhere down the line, Kingdom of God is coming. <laughs> he said, repent. As in, right now. Because the kingdom of God is near. It's right here, folks. That is something that people need to hear. It's a public service announcement. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The next one that we look at is in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Then He called the crowd to Him along with His disciples and said, Whoever wants to be My disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Me. Notice one of the, one of the parts of the definition of a public service announcement is that it's sometimes shocking. Now, if you've grown up in the church and you've heard this verse a thousand times, you know, if you want to be My disciple, if you want to be one of Mine, You've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Sometimes repetition diminishes the shock value. But the people who heard this for the first time are going, what? Deny myself? Take up, take up the cross and, and, and follow you? What do you mean, deny myself? <laughs> Listen guys, that is where true life is found. It's not found in us, you know, trying to, to, to live it up. Listen, John 10.10 10 is one of my favorite verses. Where Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But we've got to understand what that life is he's talking about. It doesn't mean it's a life of easy street. <laughs> Living life to the full doesn't mean that things are going to be you know, free and easy the rest of our lives. Matter of fact, as a follower of Jesus, it just might become more difficult than it was before. To truly experience that life to its fullness, we deny ourselves and take up the cross and follow Jesus. Now, what did the cross mean to Jesus? Even, be, even beyond pain and suffering, but ultimately, what was it? Death. It was his life. We don't use this phrase a lot today, but you, you may have grandparents. I had grandparents that used to say this. You ever heard anybody say this? Well, that's my cross to bear today. You ever heard that? And what it typically meant is, 
you know, there, this is my, my problem. It may be an, a, a relationship issue or a, a physical ailment or something, but it's, it's something that's it's caused pain that day or, or for a period of time. And that's my cross to bear today. But listen, the cross was not just pain and suffering for Jesus. It was death. I think it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer that said, when Jesus calls a man, he, call, he doesn't call him to a picnic. He calls him to a crucifixion. Wow. Take up your cross and follow me. Would you think that's a pretty significant message that the world needs to hear? If anyone will be my disciples, he must take up his cross and follow me. I like the way the message translation words this. It says, calling the crowd to join His disciples, He said, anyone who intends to come with Me has to let Me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Do you love that? It's not necessarily just about what we want, guys. It's about what Jesus is wanting to do in us and through us. But this is what I have come to discover. That what Jesus wants to do in us and through us is typically far bigger than ever we, any, anything we could ever come up with. But we've got to deny ourselves in order to find out what that is. What He's wanting to do in us and through us. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I will show you how. Because suffering produces endurance. And endurance hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Listen, you want to know somebody that has a very shallow life? It's a person that's never had any type of suffering or pain. They've had easy street their whole life. And they, they, they have this entitlement attitude. But you talk to somebody who's been through stuff, who's been through the pain, who's been through the agony, and they've come out better on the other side, it's typically a very wise person. A very wise person. You want to know how to live life to the fullest? Sit down and talk to those people. Because they know what it means to follow Jesus to the point of going through the suffering and the pain and coming out better on the other side. <laughs> Another service announce, public service announcement that I think that, that needs to get out there that Jesus made is in John chapter 3, verse 3. He's having this, this conversation with a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. And Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, again, if, if we've heard that verse a thousand times, we kind of lose the shock value of that. But imagine hearing this for the first time. Nicodemus comes to Jesus, comes to Him at night, the Bible points that out. It doesn't say why, but we can assume from that that it's probably he didn't want to be seen hanging out with this Jesus guy. Because he's a Pharisee. And if, if you've read any of the, the Gospels, you know that Jesus and the Pharisees didn't always get along very well. But, but there's something different about Nicodemus, and he wants to come and find out what Jesus has to say. And they get into this conversation, and, and, and in the midst of this conversation, Jesus says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 
Now you got to think Nicodemus is 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 shocked by this. What are you talking about being born again? Can I enter again into my mother's womb? But then Jesus goes on to explain that he's talking about a spiritual birth. <laughs> because get everyone here has been born, right? I mean, if you haven't, you're not here. The fact that you are here shows that you have experienced a physical birth. But not everyone experiences a spiritual birth. When they give their life to Jesus, when they put that old person to death in the watery grave of baptism and they come up that new creation and they live this life, this life of fullness, this new life that Jesus gives us, that's that spiritual birth, that rebirth, that being born again. Matter of fact, and I've shared this with a lot of you, um, my family and I, we celebrate our spiritual birthdays. We do cakes and gifts and everything, just like we do with our physical birth. Because, I mean, which one's more significant, right? Now, don't, don't tell my mom this, because she may argue about it, but in reality, our spiritual birth is more significant than our physical birth. Because our physical birth, eventually, this is going to run out. This life's running out. But our spiritual birth, that's eternal. It's eternal. It goes on beyond forever. And so we, we like to celebrate. And we like to give it at least as much honor as our physical birth. And probably should give it more honor than our physical birth. Because it's so significant. Do you think this is a good public service announcement to get out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's this place called the kingdom of God that we all want to get to. And in order to see it, you've got to be born again. One more public service announcement that I want to mention. And this one comes out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And we've looked at this verse a lot um, over the past couple of years. <laughs> Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, there's this power that enters us that helps us to do things that we could never do before. <laughs> I mean, we look at some of this stuff and we go, deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow Jesus. What? How do you, do How do you spend the rest of your life doing that? Well, if it was just left up to our own power, we probably couldn't. But through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, we're able to do more than we ever thought we could. Even here when it's talking specifically about being a witness, about sharing the Gospel with people, you know, that's a scary thing, isn't it? I mean, your palms get sweaty, you start to stumble over your words and, and everything, and, and oftentimes we won't even do it because... Alright, I, I need to know more Scripture. I need to mo know more techniques. I need to know, you know, all this stuff. And let me tell you, I get up here and talk to you guys every Sunday, but at one-on-one -on -one evangelism, that's scary for me too. Scary for me too. I've shared with you guys before. Even though I get up here and I'm loud and, and I'm enthusiastic and all this stuff, as an individual, I'm an introvert. And so one-on-one -on -one conversations scare me a little bit. Now, I've grown in that over the years. Probably, I don't know, probably 27, 28 years ago, 
I remember being in a video store. Y'all remember video stores? You know, back in the day, young people, we had to actually leave the house and go to a store and walk in and rent videos. We didn't have Netflix. And, and I can even remember a time when we actually rented VCRs. That's a video cassette recorder, for those of you who may not know. What's a video cassette? I don't Anyway, I walked into this video store. And my two favorite movies at the time, number, my second favorite movie was Tombstone. You remember that movie? Great Western. I love that movie. There's actually a story behind that. Tammy and I, that movie brought us together, by the way, Tombstone. I'll share that sometime. But my first favorite movie was a movie called The Judas Project. You probably haven't heard of that one. Maybe some of you. But it's a Christian movie that was made in the 90s. And basically what it was, it was a retelling of the story of Jesus in, a, in contemporary times, as if he came for the first time in the 90s. I love this movie. It's a cool movie. I've got it on DVD if you want to watch it sometime. <laughs> um, so I'm in this video store, and this lady is looking at the movie Tombstone. She's picked it up. She's looked at it. She's, and we strike up this conversation about this movie. I tell her how much I like it and all this stuff. Listen, there's one thing I have to say to open up a door of evangelism right there, right? Here's all I have to say. That's my second favorite movie. What's her next question to me? What's your first? Boom! Evangelism all over it. And you know, I was too scared to say it. I did. I didn't say it. I continued to talk about the movie, but I never said it's my second favorite movie. And I tell you what, it haunts me. It haunts me. Fortunately, I've grown over the years. <laughs> And I don't know what happened with that lady. She may have already been a Christian. I don't know. And maybe if she wasn't, somebody else, you know, got to share the gospel with her or whatever. But, but I missed an opportunity to be able to share something that had made it such a huge difference in my life with this lady. And I knew exactly how to do it. I even played it over my mind. If I just say this is my second favorite movie, she's going to ask me. And I was too chicken to do it it's scary you know what I did in that moment because the Holy Spirit was leading me to do this I didn't just come up with that all by myself and I just stifled the Holy Spirit I just kind of pushed the Holy Spirit down the power of the Holy Spirit was wanting to work through me God typically will not force you to do things sometimes he does but typically not but He will work through us. That power will work through us if we take that lid off of the Holy Spirit and allow that work to be done. It's an amazing thing what God can do in us and through us when we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to do His work inside of us. Is this something people need to hear about? This power that takes us beyond those comfort zones? <laughs> this power that can lead us and empower us to do things that we otherwise could not do on our own. I was trying to have a conversation with this lady completely on my own and trying to you know, push down the Holy Spirit. If I had just allowed the Holy Spirit to work through me, and listen, all I had to do was ask the question. You don't have to go around beating people over the, Bible, over the head with the Bible. 
You don't have to be on a street corner going, you know, repent or you're going to hell. Listen, sometimes it's just simply saying, that's my second favorite movie. And she asks, what's your first? Well, it's about it's a contemporary tell, retelling of the story of Jesus coming to earth. Oh, are you a Christian? Yeah, absolutely. That is, boom, boom, right there. The, the, the doors of evangelism will open if we're willing to walk through those. We don't have to force them open. If we're just willing to walk through them, God will open them along the way. Public service announcements. Back at that definition. The message spread in the interest of the public. Do you believe these things that we've talked about this morning are of interest for the public? Now, all the public may not be interested in them, but there's an interest for them. It would benefit them to hear these things. The objectives of PSAs are to raise awareness. You think these things would raise awareness in people? Absolutely. Change public attitudes. Do you think the public's attitude needs to be changed? Yeah, absolutely. Opinions or even behavior. These messages can be instructional, and these are. They can be inspirational, and these are. Or even shocking. A couple of these are. To elicit emotion and action. It all comes down to changing the attitude and opinions and the actions of people. These are messages the world needs to hear. Listen, it's made a difference in your life. Maybe it'll make a difference in somebody else's life. <laughs> so what do we do with these? When we hear these public service announcements, well, I believe there's a great illustration that Jesus gives at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. It says this. Jesus is talking here. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Listen, what's the only difference between the wise man and the foolish man here? One of them put the words into action, and the other one didn't. These words mean nothing if they do not change our actions. Jesus is saying, you know, don't just hear these words of mine. Put them into practice. And when you put them into practice, you are building your church or you're building your life on the, on the rock of Jesus Christ. If you hear these words, you may, you may know the Bible inside out, but if we're not putting it into practice... We may hear the, about believing and about repenting and about following and about the Holy Spirit and all this stuff, but if it's not changing our actions, we're like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And listen, the same rains come down. The same floods came up. The same winds blew against both houses. But one stood strong and the other one crashed. And the only difference is, is the wise one 
put the words of Jesus into practice. And the foolish one did not. Now, we looked at all this and we, and we see some benefits of this. When we, when we see public service announcements, if we put those words into practice, it benefits us, right? If we take time to spend with our children and we pour um, time and energy and effort into our kids, we get positive results out of that, right? If we don't do drugs, there's positive result out of that, right? If we're not careless with fire, there's a positive. If we are careless, if we don't heed these words, then we have negative consequences. Same way with Jesus. If these words influence our actions, then positive results will come from it. If not, the negative results will come from it. And I believe that happens in this life, and ultimately I believe it happens in the life after this life. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, Jesus again is speaking here and He says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. You know, the, 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 the fullness of life that we experience here on earth is awesome. Okay? I cannot, I can, I cannot say enough about how awesome this fullness of life that we experience here on earth is when we follow Jesus. But it doesn't even compare to the fullness we're going to have when we get to heaven. That's, that's the ultimate reward. When we get to spend eternity with Him, no more pain, no more sorrow, none of this stuff. Man, there's going to be a big banquet up there and we're going to be able to eat all we want and never gain a pound. Man, I'm so, so looking forward to that day. We're going to be up there. We're going to go outside and play kickball and pickleball and we don't have to worry about the weather. We just go out there and play. I mean, it's just, I'm just looking forward. Absolutely. And I will not hurt myself. We're going to be able to do all these things, man. And I'm so looking forward to this day. That's why we got to get this message out. These PSAs that Jesus is giving us in the Bible because they've made such a difference in our life, maybe they can make that difference in somebody else's life as well. Let's pray. God, we love You. We thank You for Your Son and we thank You for these announcements that He's made. God, that, that inspires us and influences us to believe and to put our trust in Him. To repent, to turn our back on whatever is keeping us from Jesus. To follow Him, even to the point of denying ourselves. And that God, that we can, we can be born again. It's, it's this rebirth, it's this newness of life that we experience as the Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit comes in and gives us the power to live the way You want us to. God, help us to put these things into practice. Not only for the reward we get here on earth, but ultimately the reward we will experience in heaven. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.